In today's passage, we want to take a look at two questions. The first question is, what is my calling? And the second question is, how can I li live into this calling? Or how is God using me to accomplish his will? How can I live into this calling that God has for us, for me? And how is God using me, using you to accomplish his will? When we think about, as we think about these questions, um, we're going to take a look at the Apostle Peter's life. And in today's passage, uh, we see that Peter, he receives a name change and he receives a calling from Jesus. Let's look at verses 16, 17 and 18. It says, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. We see here that Peter receives a name change, right? His name was originally Simon, but Jesus changes it to Peter, right? What, and what does Peter mean? Peter means rock, little rock. Not only does he receive a name change, he receives this calling from Jesus. Jesus tells Peter, on this rock, through you, Peter, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Now, some people think that this kind of calling is only for a select group of people in high positions. They think this calling is only for people like the Pope, or this calling is just for a pastor or a missionary or someone who receives seminary training. And the rest of us, we don't have this kind of calling. But let's take a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 27 through 31. This is what it says. Now, you are the body of Christ, and each of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now eagerly, eagerly desire the greater gifts. So what does this show us? If you are part of the body of Christ, you have, you have a calling. If you are a body, if you are part of the body of Christ, you have a calling. This is a very important truth for us to know first before we move any further. 1 Corinthians 12 reminds us that if your faith is in Christ, everyone here in this room or watching online, if your faith is in Christ and you are part of the body of Christ, the Bible teaches us that you have a calling. You are part and you have a part to play. So, there's a, this is an important truth that it's not just for pastors, it's not just for missionaries, but it's for all of God's people. We have a calling from God. Amen? Amen. Now let's look at what happens to Peter immediately after he receives this calling. 
Look at verses 21 through 23. It says, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed on, on the third day, be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. It's interesting. Immediately after Peter receives his calling, what happens? Peter falls flat on his face. Immediately. Jesus says to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Now, Peter is not the literal Satan. He's not Satan, but he's kind of acting in the interest of the evil one, trying to dissuade Jesus from pursuing the Father's will. One moment, one moment Peter receives this calling, I'm going to build a church through you, and the next moment, get behind me, Satan. Peter's probably thinking, what's going on? What's just, what just happened? For Peter, he would fail to live up to his new name and his calling almost immediately after receiving it. There is a difference between receiving a calling and living into this calling. There is a difference between receiving a calling and stepping into this calling. Perhaps we may think that after Peter received this calling, that everything was dandy. Everything was all set. Peter lived holy ever after. <laughs> but that is not the case. We can, we can receive a calling, but we can fall flat on our face moments afterwards. Clearly, there is more that we need in our lives to follow after Jesus than simply being called. We need to know what it looks like to live into this calling. So this leads us, to, leads us to our second question. How can we live into this calling then? How is God using me to accomplish his will? We learned last week that um, Jesus performed a lot of great miracles. He was feeding the thousands, he was casting out demons, he was healing the sick. But the Pharisees and Sadducees, they kept asking for a sign. They couldn't see who Jesus really was. With the bountiful evidence and, the, and seeing the power of Jesus, they still were missing out on who Jesus really was. So we learned that the miracles were not enough. In the same way, the calling, receiving a calling is not enough. Now, let's not just think because we receive this calling that everything is done. It's actually the beginning. We need to think and pray about how we can live into this calling each and every day of our lives. So let's think about when God called us. When did God call you? When did God call me? When did God pour his grace and mercy into our lives and he saved us? 
Maybe we've been living off of that single moment for a long time when we accepted Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior. And we just keep thinking about those good old days when I was on fire for God. But now that fire is very dim. Or maybe it's even gone out. We need to ask ourselves today, check ourselves in our hearts, and ask, how is God using me right now more to accomplish his will? For some of us, it might mean we need to put more effort into our calling. Some of us, it, it may mean that, you know, oh, okay, now I know I'm part of the body of Christ, I have a calling, now I'm done. I don't need to do anything else. I don't need anything more in my life. I can just chill and sit back. And I can just enjoy my life. So your focus is not on following after Jesus, but your focus more is on yourself and just enjoying life. If that is you, then you do need to put more effort into your calling. You need to be more diligent and intentional about reading God's word. You need to be more diligent in your prayer life. And you need to, you need to be asking the Holy Spirit to shift your focus again back onto Jesus. But I think for the most of us here today, we fall under another category, a different category. Let's look back at Apostle Peter's life. We see that his problem was not putting more effort. Uh, Peter, he puts a lot of effort into his calling. He's a very passionate guy. And um, like our passage today, let's look at our list. Peter declares Jesus as the Messiah the son of the living God in Matthew 16 today. Peter thinks he knows better, and so he rebukes Jesus. In Matthew 14, Peter is the one who steps out of the boat. In, Matthew, in John 18, Peter is the one who cuts off the soldier's ear to defend Jesus. So we cannot say that Peter lacked effort. Uh, Peter was working very hard to live into his calling. He was trying to be the, the model disciple. He was trying to live up to his new name. But a lot of times what we see is that Peter falls flat on his face. What does that mean for us? Well, it demonstrates something important here. There is something more to our calling than simply trying harder. There is more to our calling than simply trying harder. Considering Peter's failures, there's also important moments in Peter's life where God accomplishes great things through Peter. Let's take a look. Our passage is a great example today. Verses 16 and 17. Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you. Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. You see, Peter comes to this, does not come to this realization by his own hard work and effort. Right? Jesus doesn't say, oh, Peter, because you're, you, know, you, you have great knowledge, you're so smart, you figured out who I am. That's not what Jesus says. What does Jesus say? Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not received, revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. So how does Peter come to understand? It's not by his effort. It's not by his intellect. It's not by some great skill he has. It's a gift from God. 
Jesus is not interested in how awesome we are, how good we're, we're at something, you know, how good we are at something. He's not, he's interested in, are we following after Jesus? Are we focused on him? Or are we too busy that we don't have time for God and we don't have in mind the concerns of God, but we have our own human concerns and we're thinking in our own human ways. Our passage today, it comes on the heels of the warning, right? If you look before, Jesus warns the disciples about what? The yeast. Remember last week, the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Remember, the Pharisees and Sadducees, they had a lot of knowledge about God. They knew all the commandments. They know what God is. But it's interesting that they, they couldn't see who Jesus they couldn't see Jesus uh, for who he really was. And I, at times, I think we're like the Pharisees and Sadducees. We can easily puff ourselves up, right, by the things we do. And we think we got it all figured out. And we're doing things with our own strength. And on the outside, it looks good. But on the inside, it's messy. It's, mis it's void. It's, it's filled with our own ambitious plans and goals, and we end up using God for our own agenda, like the Pharisees and Sadducees. We're not interested in submitting to God's will, but we're more interested in our own plans. So this leads us to another question. Am I accomplishing more, or is God accomplishing more, th more through me? I am I accomplishing more, or is God accomplishing more of his will through me? When we see Peter living into his calling, it's not him, but it's the power of God. When Peter answered to Jesus, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God, it's not Peter, but it's God speaking through him, this word of revelation. It's not Peter uh, because he has this great knowledge, but it's a gift from God. And when Peter understands this truth about Jesus, Jesus blesses him, and then he gives him a new name and a new calling. That's really awesome. If we really want to know what our true calling is in this life, we have to first figure out who Jesus is in my life. When we know him, then God will give you the calling he has. It's a gift. A lot of times we think, oh, because of our hard work and our effort, we can get things done. And the, the, things that, the good things that are happening in our life is because I put so much hard work and effort. No, a lot of times it's just a gift from God. It's the gift that God gives to us. We have to remember that always. The things we have, a lot of times it's a gift from him. And I think that holds true for us. We need to come to know who Jesus is. This is the most important question for us. Who do you say I am? And who opens our heart? Not our strength, not our intellect, but it's God. The almighty God, he opens our heart. He opens our eyes. He gives us the gift of faith. Let's look at another example when Peter lives into his calling. Acts chapter 2. 
We know this passage. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. Again, we see here Peter living into his calling, stepping into his calling. And yet again, it's not even Peter speaking. Who's speaking through Peter? The Holy Spirit. This is a good example of what calling truly means. Our calling means less about what we can accomplish and more about what God can accomplish through us. Our calling is less about what we can accomplish and more about what God can accomplish through us. I thought last week Greg gave a great example of this. God gave him an opportunity to continue his graduate work here in Amherst and to pursue his dissertation, but he was struggling. He said, do I need to focus more on my dissertation or do I need to focus more on the church, serving in the church? And he prayed and he came to this realization that God gave him this season to focus on his graduate work and dissertation, but he can still serve church. And, you know, this, this realization also came with something painful and unfortunate. I think he said he got hit by a car and it took out his right arm, right? And so as I listened to him, I said, yeah, it wasn't Greg's awesome ability to write and, fit, and he finished his dissertation with his own skill, but he came to the Lord and he said, God, how can you use me? How can you use me? How can you use this dissertation, this graduate work to give you glory? And God helped him even when his arm was messed up. And he finished his, his dissertation and he gave glory to God. It opened um, opportunities. And I'm not saying, you know, there's nothing wrong with trying to get better at what we do. We should. We should be diligent. We should work hard. It's okay to pursue those things, but we have to understand that they are secondary. It's not the primary thing. What we do is not the calling. It's not the primary thing. Those things are gifts from God, and those things can be taken away from us. That's why I think it says in verse 26, what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? So that's what God is saying. It's okay. You can accomplish things in your life, right? But don't let that be your God. The things you do, your career, your family, or whatever you're pursuing, make sure that that's something that God is using you to accomplish his will, not your own will. Then God can receive the glory, and God can use that to help you step into your calling. I hope that makes sense. When we look into Apostle Peter's life, we find that it's not about Peter getting really good at what he does. 
Um, he's becoming like, you know, oh, he's becoming more self-efficient. He's becoming more effective and he's getting better. A lot of times it's when Peter fails, when he falls flat on his face. But Jesus is gracious enough to restore him. When we, we need to ask ourselves, is God able to use me more? Am I being used by God more? Because that's what, what truly, truly is. That's what calling, is, calling truly is. For Peter, he kind of learns this the hard way. Um, if we look at John 21, 17 through 19, it says, The third time he said to him, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. For truly I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. So this is an interesting passage because this passage is about calling. God call, uh, Jesus calls him, but it's also about pain and failure. Jesus asked Peter three times, do you love me? Why? To show the three times Peter denied Jesus. Jesus is reminding Peter of his own failure. Ouch. And while Jesus is reaffirming Peter's calling, he's also calling out his failure. And then he goes on to prophesy what kind of death Peter will face. He will die as a martyr. When we see Jesus' affirmation to Peter to follow him, Jesus doesn't say, hey, Peter, it's going to be awesome. Hey, Peter, you've proven yourself. Come with me. Hey, Peter, you, you're, you're capable. You did a great job. Instead, it's Peter, you fell short, but I will restore you. Come and follow me. Again, this may be a reshaping of our understanding of what a calling truly is and how we live into this calling. Living into our calling goes through our moments of failure and pain, not around them. It goes through our moments of pain and failure. We might think that our failure and pain is in opposition to our calling. Maybe we're, we're dealing with a difficult situation in life, a life-threatening disease. Maybe I got fired from my job or I'm having a difficulty in my career and you're going through a difficult season in your life, and you think, how can God use this pain and failure and sorrow to help me step into my calling? This doesn't make sense. How can, how can this sorrow help me, draw me closer to God? But when we look at Peter, the failure and pain were part of the calling. It is out of the pain and failure that Peter is able to step into his calling. So the trials we face are part of the calling. I look at my own life and I remember there was a lot of pain and failure in the past growing up. 
There was a lot of heartache, stress, and trauma while I was growing up. It was a very difficult season. And I would ask God, God, why do I have to grow up this kind of way? This is unfair. I didn't ask to be born into this family. What's up with that? These are the cards I'm dealt. Deal with it. And I complain. But then I started to, I, I went to church and I started to pray. And God, through that failure and pain, he got me on my knees as a teenager. And I was crying out to God, God, help me. No one else can help me right now but you. And guess what? God showed up. God was there saying, yes, Peter, you are in this situation. I can allow it, but I can restore you if you've put your focus more on me than your circumstances. So the failure and pain is part of our calling, and God can use that failure and pain. And I see that in my life, that God can use my pain to help me minister to other people who may be going through similar struggles or different struggles. God can use our losses and our failures and turn them into ways we can step into our calling, which means we can be used by God more. Look at Peter, the apostle Peter. It was because of his pain and failure that he was called so that God would get the glory and not Peter. And so I hope we hear this today. It doesn't really matter what you've done, how badly you messed up, how you spent five years of your life. God can use you because that is part of his calling for you. So we can ask ourselves, when does Peter become this awesome disciple? We think of Peter as this great disciple, right? When does he become this, this great disciple? We look at Peter's life, there's high moments, there's low moments. And Peter's heart is, all, is full of uncertainty, doubt, pride, cowardice. If we look, take a look at another list, we see those moments, his low moments. Peter rebukes Jesus today, as we read. But that wasn't even his lowest moment. The, lo the worst moment was in Luke 22, verses 56 through 60. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, this man was with him, but he denied it. Woman, I don't know him, he said. A little later, someone else saw him and said, you also are one of them. Man, I am not, Peter replied. About an hour later, another asserted, certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. Peter replied, man, I don't know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. We see here, Peter fails miserably. And he's so broken. He goes outside and he weeps bitterly before the Lord. Let's look at the end of Peter's life. Peter faces his death as a martyr. He doesn't feel worthy enough to die in the same way as Jesus. So he asks the Roman captors to crucify him upside down. Even to his death, he feels unworthy and uncertain about himself. So when does Peter become this awesome disciple? 
this great disciple that we think Peter is. He never does. He never lived into this stereotype. He never turned into this model disciple. Instead, we see Peter having pride, cowardice, doubt, uncertainty in himself, even to his death. Oh, what does that teach us? What does that teach us about true calling? It teaches us that we can never finish living into our calling because our calling is a lifelong one to the very end. We can never finish our calling because our calling is a lifelong one to follow after Jesus to the very end. Our calling is not about ourselves getting better about us accomplishing all these things, accumulating all these things, seeing all these things we can accomplish. Those things can be stripped away from us anytime. Our true calling is to follow after Jesus to the very end of our lives here on this earth. Taking up our cross. In verse 24, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. Taking up our cross is following after Jesus to the very end. This is what Peter does, even though he feels inadequate. When I see Peter, I see a lot of myself. I see a person who's full of doubt and worry when I know I shouldn't be full of doubt and worry. Have you felt like that way before? But I also see God's hand of grace and mercy in my life. And I fall flat on my face so many times. Just ask my family. <laughs> and I see that God is not so much interested in Peter, uh, your plans, Peter, and what I'm trying to do, what I'm trying to accomplish, how well I can preach, how well I can do certain things. But God is interested in, am I sincerely following after Jesus with my whole life? Am I asking God, what is it that you have for me today? Yes, I have my plans. I can schedule it out, but he wants me to come back to him saying, are these the priorities that I have given you, Peter? What is your main assignment in life from me? That's what God wants me to come back and keep asking him. Keep praying about it. Keep thinking about it. Am I available for him? Or am I relying on myself? Am I depending on other people more? Do I seek my family more than God? Do I seek people's approval more than God? Do I seek my own career more than God? Brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you today to think and pray about these things, especially the question, how can God use me more? How is God using me to accomplish his will? I want us to think about that, and I, want, and I want you to look at Peter's life and use that as an example and see how Jesus restores Peter and to grab on to Jesus. Even though you've messed up a lot of times, Jesus is there to restore you, to restore me, and Jesus wants to do that for you and for me.